if you have a broken arm or you're blind, like people will help you out and they can see there's something wrong. But uh, when you don't have hearing, you become invisible. People don't talk to you or they talk to the person beside you. You know, what would she like to do? You know, then, hello, I'm here. Coming back into the hearing world from the isolation of deafness is now a realistic possibility for thousands of people in Ireland. Do you remember the first sounds you heard? Yes, it was my voice. And it sounded something like, Mickey Mouse on helium. When I heard my own voice, it was like Mickey Mouse, Darth Vader. Uh, if I said my name is Maria, what I actually heard was it was raining a friend of mine was driving and I said to her I can hear a sound which was the question for the next six months I can hear a sound and she said what can you hear describe it so I said and she put her finger on the windscreen and she said you can hear the rain and then she started talking and I, I just remember saying shush I'm listening to the rain when the cat is boiling and it kind of builds up and then it's a it kind of gave me a fright. And then two days later I walked to the shops and back and I could identify the birds, the ones that were flying, calling, and the ones that were sitting in a tree, calling. And to me that was just completely amazing. Kettles, washing machines, flushing toilets... They're just some of the first domestic sounds that people who receive a cochlear implant delight in hearing after their switch on. Other favourites are simple, everyday, outdoor sounds. Seagulls, and they'd be big thing now because they were very high-pitched birds, so I wouldn't have heard them. Because when you're living beside the sea, that's their sounds that you actually hear. Another day I went out for a walk and started to rain, you know, and I cut through a park. I heard the, um, the water, the talk with the, it breaks water there, and I heard the flow of the water. Yeah. It started to rain, they started bawling us out. Yeah. And why were you crying? Um, I could hear it, it was just awesome. Sally, Madeline and Maria's recollections of hearing these first sounds after their switch on are typical of what's happening every week for people going through the cochlear implant programme in Beaumont Hospital in Dublin, led by Dr Laura Viani. We're doing now um, about um, 40 to 50 bilateral children, that's, that is children who come first off, they're getting bilateral implants. We're doing children who have had one implant and are, are seeking a second one about 40, 50 a year and we're doing about 70 to 80 adults a year. The first year we did three and the, when I remember there were people, people said the first year three and that this thing will never take off. So it certainly has taken off. One of the reasons for Beaumont's success is their multidisciplinary team and the long-term technical support they provide. The surgery is one thing, but you need speech and language therapists to develop the speech and language area. You need audiological scientists to check whether people actually need an implant, also to program the implant, to troubleshoot the implant. You need um, psychologists for some people and some children and some adults may have problems dealing with hearing loss. I mean, there are some adults who've had hearing loss and a difficult time throughout their lives, so we give them any help we can. 
Not everyone has the same success rate, but for many it's a big improvement and has a major impact on their ability to socialise. The cochlear implant is not the answer to everybody. It doesn't certainly switch on for everybody. So, you know, one has to deal with that and that's a big thing to deal with, particularly with adults. Um, you know, maybe have waited a long time to maybe to get an implant and, and suddenly, you know, they get switched on and nothing happens. It can take up to two years for an implant to show its true worth. Have you any idea what it's like to sit with a group of people, five or six at a table, and you sit like that and you bore one person sitting beside you because that's the only person that will put up with you. This is Michael Ferris, aged 84, from County Galway. He's one of two people who are about to begin this journey back to sound with a cochlear implant. He feels the isolation acutely. And the rest laugh, you laugh with them, you look around and you think you want to run away in the corner and get a newspaper and hide because the whole conversation becomes frustrating. So after a while, you find the sympathetic pe person has got to put up with you all evening. And you, you feel that. Also getting ready for their cochlear implant operation is Barbara Jameson. It is difficult to deal with because you're invisible when you're deaf. People don't realise that you look just like anybody else, just you have a hearing difficulty. Barbara's from Dublin and her hearing has been deteriorating over the last few years. And she too knows the loneliness that hearing loss brings. When I was made unemployed in 2012, suddenly for the first time in nearly 17 years, I was at home on my own. Joe's at work all day and it was very isolating. At the end of the day, it just exhausted. Just feel your head is completely exhausted from trying to follow a conversation, watch somebody's face, be aware of what people are doing. It's, it's really, really tiring and sometimes whilst you'd be very tired, your brain can get over switched on and I could still be lying awake at two or three in the morning. Adjusting to life with the new gizmo will bring its challenges. But Michael and Barbara have been prepared and guided through the process by Dr Viani and her team in Beaumont. And they've attended the support organisation Deaf Hears information sessions. These are facilitated by Sally Harvest, who runs the workshops for people to explain what's involved. Well, the process is you go into hospital, you actually have the surgery where they put the inside part of the cochlear implant. It's embedded in your head in the mastoid cavity. Um, and then you have however many staples in your head, which they take out after about a week. They then let the wound heal. And as soon as that's healed, it can be within two to three weeks, um, you go back to Beaumont, they attach the external part, which is called the processor, and it is linked to the computer. And it's very similar to tuning a piano. So they will go through all the sounds from the low tones to the high tones, bing, 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 all the way up. And... When you hear a tone, you tell them. The familiar clip you might have seen on Facebook or YouTube of the miraculous instant return of hearing through cochlear implant can be the story for some, but for most people, it's a more gradual restoration after the switch on and fine tuning by audiologists over months. And there's lots of homework exercises and speech and language sessions too. 
So by the time the end of your switch on um, finishes that session, you have a program so that you can hear what's going on around you, general sounds. You sometimes have a program that is specifically to hear people speak. There's still background sounds, but not as much. And whatever other programs they might suggest. The isolation has been hard and social situations have been a struggle, to say the least, for Barbara Jameson. If I can just get my confidence back in a personal level, I will really, really be happy with that. My daughter's getting married in August 2017 and I would like really to be able to sit in the church to hear her take her vows and to take part fully that day to be a part of it because right now, if it was tomorrow, I would be lost. It's spring 2016 and Barbara's all set for her surgery in the morning. I just feel relieved knowing that it's definite when they phoned, yes, the bed is there tomorrow. So. Barbara had minor hearing loss as a child but managed until recent years when her hearing started to decline rapidly. Apart from the isolation she feels, being deaf has also been embarrassing at times. On one occasion there at the beginning of the summer, I didn't hear an announcement on the dart to get off the dart at Conley Station. And I saw people getting off, but it was only when some very irate man came down the train and explained to us meant to get off the train. I didn't know, I couldn't understand what was being said. Barbara misses some sounds that many of us take for granted. I miss hearing birds and that's something quite simple. One of the things I would plan on doing once this cochlear implant, I feel it's ready and working, I'd like to go to the aviary in the zoo and just listen to birds. I'm optimistic, not looking forward to the hospital surgery end of it, but the outcome at the end, it's going to be worth it. Have I told you lately that I love you? Don't I sing that shit? Yes. Remember, she's in the mood. That's Joe, her husband, and Barbara knows that Joe and her family's support is going to be important after the operation. Like you're looking at Teddy and you talk or we're out in a group and you'd be talking, I'd be talking to you and I guess she couldn't hear what I'm saying. So that increases the isolation. Also, sometimes she doesn't really cope. She just withdraws. But you can't tell anyone, listen, I'm not coping. You'll get away with nothing now. Uh, I will yeah, hear yeah, everything you say. It's the night before his operation and Michael has travelled up to Beaumont with Carol Madden who has encouraged him at every step. She and her husband have known him for 25 years. We feel frustration as well. We, his friends, his family. Because you can't have a proper conversation. I know. And it's it's so frustrating. And it is going to be so lovely to have a proper conversation. A two-sided conversation. Mm-hmm. I drive Michael to Dublin every so often for appointments and he sits into the car and he talks and I listen. Yes. But the next time I'm going to talk and he can listen. It's been about 60 years since Michael lost his hearing. 
when he was in the Royal Enniskillen Fusiliers in the British Army in his early 20s during the Suez Crisis in Egypt. After the rapid bombing, I think it was 40 bombs, rapid fire, I was just standing in front of some men and I was saying, for God's sake, speak up, speak up. I was actually stone deaf. I couldn't hear one word and I was looking at people and I couldn't understand why all the mouths were opening and closing. That's when my superiors said to me, you've lost all your hearing. You are going to the military hospital. And that was the end of my career in the army. Despite the years since his hearing brain has been active and his age of 84, Michael is optimistic. Up to now, I hear half and invent the other half. So hopefully, after tomorrow, I'll be able to hear. And then I've got to try and reduce the tone of my voice because I speak too loud. And I'm very conscious of that now. You know, that I've got to change a lot. But I'm looking forward to it because the beauty is you can sit in a group of people and not keep saying, yes, yes, that's fine, because that's my biggest failing. I say, okay, okay, that's fine. And then you get a funny look from somebody and you think, oh, I got that wrong again. Michael, like many people who are hard of hearing, has a tendency to keep talking so that the conversation doesn't end. But Carol is wise to his tricks and keeps him on his toes. She's going to need to be strict with him after the operation, doing the listening and talking practice that are part of the retraining he will have to do in the coming months. I don't let Michael away with anything, but then neither does he let me away with anything. You look like you're good friends, though. We are great friends and we understand each other at this stage. Michael is a widower in his mid-80s who loves to socialise despite his deafness and he reckons the cochlear implant will help him get his groove back on the dance floor. I like visiting old country dancing and stuff like that. Michael hasn't had hearing for a very, very long time and some might think that at 84 he's too old or that it would be a waste of time and expense to put him through the procedure. But Michael reckons he has a lot of living to do yet. So here I am today, facing this in tomorrow, and I'm really all excited. Even a bout of pneumonia a few weeks earlier hasn't put him off and even provided him with an opportunity oh, to fart. I'm in trouble. This doctor took me down the corridor and kept me walking along, and she says, Oh, Michael, she says, can't understand why your blood pressure has gone up so high this morning. I said, it's only natural. You've been holding my hand for the last ten minutes. Well, goodness gracious me. Barbara has just arrived for her switch on. Her sister Liz has come along to witness what they both hope would be a life-changing event. The swelling's going down yeah. more and more each day, okay. but um, just a little bit tender behind the ear. Is it directly behind Dr. Jacqueline Smith, the senior audiologist, is in charge. Okay. I'm just going to have a look at the wound. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push around on your head a little bit, just okay. let me know if it's sore. The other thing is I need to make sure the magnet is appropriate. So the magnets come in different strengths, so okay. I'm just going to stick okay. just this bit onto your head. Make sure that, see, that, that magnet there. 
Yes. They come in different strengths, so it's based on how thick your hair is, how thick your skin is. Before the switch on, Jacqueline moves various faders on the computer screen, testing different tones and ranges, fine-tuning Barbara's processor. What I'm going to ask you to do is have a listen for very, very quiet sounds in your right ear. And are you wearing a hearing aid in the other ear? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I'll need you to take that hearing aid off just for this portion. You're not sure? It's lower. I think it's there, but I okay. can't get that. The tweaking and the beeping take quite a while until all of the 22 electrodes in Barbara's cochlear implant are adjusted to suit Barbara's individual needs. I'm going to switch it on now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll keep your hearing aid on. Mm -hmm. It will be louder okay. than what you're used to. We'll see what it sounds like. Okay. to you. So I'll first switch it on. We won't say anything because you'll start to hear some sounds coming in. Um, I'll say something to you quietly mm -hmm. and then we'll see where we go. It'll probably sound like we've discussed previously. Okay. Funny, weird, right. could be cartoony, it could be mechanical, it could sound like a bunch of noise, um, but we'll see. Okay? Right. Okay. So switch it on now. <laughs> Deep breath. Deep breath. <laughs> It's going through a bunch of checks. I'll let you know just before it goes on. Okay. If you're uncomfortable at any point, let me know. Okay. So it's on now. Can you hear me speaking? I can. It's... Can you hear yourself? I can. It sounds very, very strange. And listening to my voice speaking, it sounds nearly musical like somebody's hitting notes it's a very strange sound so it sounds like a voice it sounds like you're hearing a voice in some ways it does okay. yes does it sound almost like a cartoon voice yes yeah. okay <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the way a lot of people would describe it yeah almost like a put on yeah fake type of high-pitched voice yeah it's very very strange <laughs> but I can actually hear hear it yes Good. yeah Good. and it's a nice level it's a nice I can volume. hear my voice also perfect it's and how is it sounding with the hearing aid do they feel do they sound like they're competing with each other or they're I think maybe automatically my left on the hearing aid is trying to pick up more of the conversation I maybe need to concentrate on yeah. what I'm hearing here. It's very strange sound. <laughs> Amazing. Jackie then tries out some new verbal sounds and gets Barbara to call them back to her with the cochlear implant processor on one side and her regular hearing aid on the other. Okay. Ooh. It sounds like... Okay. <laughs> Good. Yes, I've got that. Good. Tell me which one you're hearing. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, good. Good. E. E. Shh. I'm not sure if it's or shh. It's good. S. Then she tries it without the assistance of the regular hearing aid. 
Jackie makes various sounds with a card covering her mouth so that Barbara's lip-reading skills are no help to her. I'm going to say a colour. Yellow. Yellow. Blue. Green. Purple. 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 I got the L L at the end, but not the beginning. I'm just actually hearing something in that side of my head. It's just amazing. It really is. Um, As the settings and programmes are finalised, Jackie's really pleased with Barbara's switch on. Other than a few here and there, mm-hmm. you were able to pick them up very quickly. Rarely did I have to repeat. So this is very, very good indication of where you're going to go long term. That's amazing. Mm, Absolutely incredible feeling, I have to say. I'm amazed. I really am. That's a big smile on your face. Yeah, Yeah. it's exceeded my expectations and I didn't want to get my hopes up, but it has exceeded. I wasn't sure if I would hear sounds or much or anything, yes. Next up is the speech and language therapist, Regina Deveni, whose job is to help Barbara get the most out of her implant by setting goals. I want to be able to hear and take part in conversations when I'm out socially. Mm-hmm. That would be a big thing. As yeah. it is now, I can't because yes. it's a one-to-one basis. Mm. And if anybody changes the topic in the middle of a conversation, I just, it's too stressful. I just give up. And I suppose at the end of it, my biggest goal is that in 18 months when my daughter gets married, I'd like to be able to hear absolutely everything that's been said in the church. Yes. The whole day, I want to mm. be a part of it. As well as taking Barbara through a range of exercises to help her with her rehab and learning to hear again, Regina talks to her about managing her family and friends' expectations. Sometimes people will say to us that when they go home with the implant, their family and friends sort of expect this miracle or, you know, oh, you've got the implant now, so mm. surely you can hear everything. Yeah. So it's just good to let people know that <laughs> it's going to take time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And usually we you know, tell people to allow the first 12 months Mm. to completely adjust to the implant. So when it was switched on today, there was, you know, Jackie would have opened the window to Mm. sound a small bit. Mm. So to give you the first week to get used to that. And then every time you come in for the tuning, it's opened a bit more and a bit more to help you adjust it over time. After the counselling and goal setting, Regina uses a simple embroidery frame with red cloth in it to cover her mouth while she goes through a first listen and repeat exercise with Barbara, initially relying only on the new cochlear implant hearing aid and without the help of the regular hearing aid on the other ear. Wednesday. Wednesday? Mm Mm-hmm. Saturday. Saturday? Yep. Friday. Not sure if that was Tuesday or Thursday. (laughs) Friday. <laughs> okay, I was way up. <laughs> Fifteen stripy houses. Fifteen stripy houses. Mm-hmm. She's amazed 20, she's doing so well, considering bucks. the cochlear implant 20, has only been switched on for bucks. about an hour. Two yellow cups. Two yellow cups. You're picking up things really well with the implant yeah, for the I first. S- yeah. Sounds. It's been a big day, and as the session ends, Barbara and Liz start noticing and testing her device. 
and as she makes her way to the hospital exit, a member of the staff gives her an additional treat. He's singing. singing. <laughs> a happy chappy singing. Yes, I got that. <laughs> She's just got her That's hearing nice, switched on. Oh, brilliant. We just got serenaded, I guess. Yeah, so I can hear you singing. May you be the first of many men serenading. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Barbara is flying. Two weeks ago, I had the surgery. Today, the implant is on. It's a long way in 14 days. Amazing. Yes. It's been two weeks since Michael Ferris had his operation and Carol has driven him up from Galway for his switch on. Very, very fine. Christine McHugh is the audiologist in charge of the switch on. And as Christine goes through the different electrodes and adjusts them to suit yes. Michael's needs, it's becoming obvious that this might be a longer road for Michael than it has been for Barbara. Today is going to be the most difficult day because the way it's going to sound today is it's going to be the worst it's ever going to sound. Okay, so we've just switched on the cochlear implant. Would you uh, be able to describe to us the sound what it sounds up, like? The sound went up very gently. Very gently. And good. then just towards the end, it started a whistle. Oh, okay. What does it sound like? It doesn't sound like hearing at all. It's like a tone in a microphone. It's got a two-tone, a very light and then a heavy one. Nice, heavy, nice, heavy. All you have to do at the moment is just wear it all the time. It will start to get clearer and it will start to improve just as time goes on. Yes. So don't worry if you forget everything. We'll just tell you again next week. <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> next up is the speech and language therapist's room where Regina Deveni is again on duty and she asks Michael about his goals. So we usually say to give it a, the full first year until you feel completely comfortable with the implant. So it's not just switch it on and everything's okay. You know, it takes time and it takes practice to, to get used to it and to hear more with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's clarity I'm looking for. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it will improve, but it will take time. The Beaumont Cochlear Implant Programme works closely with the voluntary organisation Deaf Here. They have offices all over Ireland and they organise group meetings in different locations where people thinking of getting the implant can talk to those who have been through the process and everyone gets to meet and learn about new technology and compare experiences away from the hospital environment. We're in Port Leisha, Sally Harvest is facilitating and there's a full schedule with various expert speakers and technical workshops. The new technical gadgets that go with the implants and regular hearing aids are available to try out and those attending learn a lot about the latest advances in processors but very often the real learning comes from listening and talking with others. Is everybody comfortable? Obviously nobody. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> what? We're fine. That's better. People would love always to meet somebody with a cochlear implant and ask all the questions they might be worried about. 
Um, how did it work for you? Can you hear music? Can you talk on the phone now, etc.? Um, and this has gone very well. It's been going since 2010. I'm uh, on the list for a cochlear implant at some stage in the future, hopefully. I've definitely one ear, and so I've just one ear to play with, I think, and uh, just wondering about the chances of it not working. My name is Michael Moore. As regards the last subject, I have one implant on this side. I find my hearing is much, much better than what I had. With the hearing aid, I can distinguish an awful lot of birds. And I was out fishing in Loch Mask, and I heard this sound, and I asked a friend of mine who was with me in the boat, what was that sound? He said, it's a cuckoo. He said, listen again. He's going mad, certain cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. And I just concentrated and listened and I could hear him as plain as ABC. For the implant to be successful, you have to want to have it. Madeleine Kennedy is here with her daughter. It's the first time she's been to a deaf ear gathering since getting switched on four weeks earlier. First day I was out, I went for a walk with a friend on the beach in Tremor and I'd never heard the waves of the sea and uh, I had to ask what it was. A simple exercise Sally likes to do with relatives at the coffee break is to get them to wear earplugs to get some idea of what it's like being deaf. We put earplugs in and they have to wear them all through tea time and we make sure we have crunchy biscuits and afterwards we ask them to share what their emotions were about being hard of hearing themselves. And this is a real eye-opener for most of them. For the first time, they realise what their partner has been through. Madeline's daughter took part in the experiment and got a whole new insight into what her mother has been going through while she was growing up. And she shares with the group. I ran my dad when I had the earplugs in and I found I was shouting as well. So I wanted to see what it was like as well on the phone. And that's really hard and frustrating too. I found when I went to get that cup of tea that why I felt scared and alone is because I didn't know what was going on, going on around me and people behind me and people beside me and I looked and oh my god there's someone there because I didn't hear the way I do now. Um, and I just want to say that people that are suffering from hearing last year, you're incredible people. For Madeline, the benefits are not just about what she can hear now, but how she can communicate with the most important people in her world. My granddaughter was um, born premature and her volume was very low. Now I can hear in the back seat of the car shouting and warning. When I came home first, I had to ask like, what the noises were. All her toys are high-pitched and that, which I'd never seen before. And, it was really so exciting to actually hear, I can hear, you know, and, you know, that's my new word. I can hear this and I can hear that. Hello. 
Barbara is back with Regina, the speech and language therapist, after her latest processor tune-up. It's only been about three months since her switch-on and her progress has been remarkable. However, hearing and talking on the phone is still a fear-filled problem for Barbara. So Regina's suggesting some practice with her and calls her from another room on her mobile. Wednesday. Um, Quite clearly, yeah. Okay, goodbye. Bye-bye. That was very good. <laughs> and you know what? That just shows you that maybe you need to up your game a bit with yeah, the phone I and need to start game on the, trying it because, the, like, you've got out of the habit, yeah. as you say, of using it. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's well, time to start using it. I kind of surprised myself there. As we wait in Beaumont, one of the noises outside is familiar. The first time I was aware of what Rain was doing was on the Velux windows in the kitchen. And I didn't know what the sound was. So I must have stood under the Velux windows for a couple of minutes to allow myself to recognise that that was actually the sound of rain pouring down onto the Velux windows. I wouldn't have heard that before. Sometimes things catch me off guard or if somebody talks to me from behind, I can hear sound of voices, but I still wouldn't be able to fully distinguish. I do need some people to speak to the front of me or to be aware of where they are. Um, unfortunately, some people think because you've got a cochlear implant, you can now hear from way back. You, you can hear anything. It doesn't, maybe in time, but it doesn't work that way yet. Barbara has been a model student and as well as doing her exercises with her sister, she also does some extra reading on her own. I go online, it's ESL Reading and you have a, a book on the laptop. So you're reading it as well as listening to the voice, uh, the book being read to you at the same time. So if you don't understand what's happening, you can stop, go back, come again. And it does, it does help. I would do that at least half an hour, five times a week. So you really have done your yes, homework? Yes, I think you have to. And it was one of the things, one of the people who said it to me was Sally Harvest in Deaf Ear, that... Homework, 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 and she was right. Michael is back for one of his many tune-ups and adjustments with the audiologist, and later there'll be more speech and language therapy. In between the two, as we wait in the cochlear implant reception area, a lovely woman and her husband overhear Michael expressing his frustration at his progress and give him some sound advice. I'm hearing a lot less now than I did before the operation. You're hearing less? Oh yes, a lot less, because this is not functioning, and now I've only got one hearing aid, so naturally I cannot hear the programmes now that I used to hear. I just make them up. So without the subtitles, I'm finished. Yes. Ladies, hello. Hi, how are you? I'll give you one word of advice. Keep going, because I have with one ear, and believe me, I love it. I love it. All the power, honestly. I, I was deaf for 20 odd years, nothing, not one thing, and then all of a sudden here, and one thing is, I can hear music now. Oh, isn't that lovely? Fantastic. I can hear music. It's wonderful. I got my That's life great. back. Thank you very much. Give me a good tune. I got yeah. my music back. Thank you so much. That's worth waiting for. Yes. Oh, Thank that's you. lovely. I can hear, I can hear little babies cry again, and that's what's wonderful for me. 
So don't give up, I could hear you talking there. I wouldn't have been able to pick that up this time last year. And Great. I read every word that you were saying and saying, yeah, yeah it was slow. Yeah. Of course it's slow. Yeah. Miracles are miracles, but you have to and work on it. Later, Regina, the speech and language therapist, sees real progress, despite what Michael thinks. Well, it takes time. Yeah. And even after the tuning today, you are hearing a few words. Yeah. Your brain has to get used to it. Yeah. And that takes time. That takes time mm. and practice. Yes. Practice, in other words, in conversation. Yes. <laughs> 50 Swiss beefsteaks. 50 Swiss beefsteaks. 40 Spanish fruitcakes. 40 Spanish shortcakes. Fruitcakes. Fruitcakes. Spurred on by the team in Beaumont and the pep talk, Michael and Carol keep up the homework back in Galway. The sentences sound silly, but their purpose is to get Michael to train his brain to differentiate between similar but different sounds. Four red teapots. Four red teapots. Eight blue cups. Eight yellow cups. No, blue. Eight blue cups. We had to get over that as well. He was guessing. So no guessing. It's what you hear. You say it's not it's not hitting me too hard. Even though three months, I'd expect now to have a little bit more. Even now reading these, one day my brain is extremely sharp, and I say five red cars, three red pots, and the next day, you're barely it's barely coming through. The hearing is so minute. I think, how come yesterday that seemed sharp and today that's just minute? So you you actually, you've got to focus totally. I stare at the, carp- at the carpet and I think gradually it's coming. So as the, as the lesson goes on, towards the end of it, you're gradually then picking it up. You're, the brain is beginning to function and concentrate deeper. Michael, I'm going to read first. 30 Swedish cheesecakes. 20 Swedish cheesecakes. 30. 30. One of the things Michael's been asked to do is to keep a list of the things he notices now that he can hear. He's not always sure of what he hears, but he does notice Carol's pronunciation. I obviously say 30 with a U as opposed to an I. And Michael is giving out to me all the time about it. It's not 30. <laughs> 30. 30. <laughs> 30. It's 30. It's 30. It's 30. It's 30 now. Michael feels sometimes he's not making any progress, whereas I feel he's making huge progress. Nobody said it was easy No one ever 
Take me back to the start. In Nashville, Tennessee, they know a thing or two about sound and not just country music. At a Creative Minds event in the US Embassy, Dr. David Haynes of the Vanderbilt University in Nashville was one of their cochlear implant team who's been sharing the research findings, new technology and techniques with the team from Beaumont which may eventually give patients like Michael the clarity they look for. Uh, we're partnering with uh, uh, the implant group in, in uh, Dublin, Laura Viani and her team, partnering with them as they're a world-renowned centre, uh, not just renowned in this country, but world-renowned, uh, is exciting for us um, and our programme, and we're, we're very proud to be affiliated with them. David Haynes has brought along some of their multidisciplinary team to talk about ways that they are improving outcomes for cochlear implant patients. My colleague Dr. Labadee and his uh, research team of engineers and audiologists have come up with a technique uh, where they can image the precise location of the electrode in the cochlea. We used to kind of think it just went in and uh, once we got it in, that's it. And, And the precision at which they can locate where those electrodes are within the cochlea, which as you saw is half the size of a penny, uh, can create uh, new uh, information where we can now adjust signals that tend to bleed into each other. David Haynes says the outlook for patients like Michael in their 80s is good. Um, I once turned down a patient because they were old and they lived 10 more years, and 10 more years that they could have enjoyed uh, their one life that they have here on this earth, and who am I uh, to do that? So if a patient's healthy and a patient's motivated and they want uh, to hear better, uh, then there is no age limit. I've heard of a colleague of mine that's implanted someone close to 100. Nobody said it was easy. It's almost nine months after his implant, and Michael is back in Beaumont for a checkup. It's slow, not as fast as I'd like it, but I accept it. I still kind of get clarity from the reporters at the television studios and that. I'm switch it up, switch it down, and the clarity is if I could, if you can get me clarity, however that can be achieved, that will be the greatest stepping stone of all, clarity. Next, he's in with Christine, the audiologist, for fine-tuning and practising with the different programmes. She gets busy with the different tones for the various 22 receptors. Basically, we're looking for the floor and the ceiling. So the T's correlate with the floor. So what's the minimum amount of current that we need to put through each electrode before Michael just detects the sound? The front garden was pretty. The first garden was pretty. Close. That was good. It was the front garden was pretty. The dogs go for a walk. The dog went for a walk. Good. Excellent. Great improvement. Prior to this, there's no way I was able to hear through that. And I realise the conversation is now through this and not through that. You see, that's Brilliant. A, that's marvellous in itself. That's what we've been looking for all the time. Yes. This day last year, I had my cochlear implant surgery. 
The last 12 months have been an incredible journey. On my last checkup, my hearing registered at 95%. This is what Barbara has just proudly posted on Facebook. Whilst I still have many difficulties, such as coping on the phone and in crowded and noisy places, the difference in my life is amazing. And I'm truly It's now one year on from her implant and switch on. And Barbara Jameson is still amazed by how much of a difference it's made to her life. I see you got a lot of likes for that, did you? <laughs> I did. It's really my sisters have given me huge support. In particular, Liz, doing the appointments, the homework with me. And they gave me huge encouragement to just keep pushing at it, keep going and not give in. Even though Barbara had a good initial switch on, particularly when compared to Michael, she's continued to notice improvements in gradual little ways. And so has Joe, her husband. We were still living in Donamead and the two of us were sitting in the kitchen. We were reading a report on the house that we were buying, the surveyor's report. And there was total silence. And all I could hear was... I had no idea what it was, except to say, as Joe pointed out, it was the clock on the wall. And I could actually hear the clock ticking. I still, when I want to emphasise something, I look directly at her and talk to her. I wouldn't just, when you're close with someone, sometimes you talk over your shoulder or whatever, whatever. But in our case, particularly, if I want to be positive, she's hearing what I'm saying, I look at her face. That's a nice face to look at too. Oh, it's not bad, it's not bad. Yeah, Yeah, she has a nice smile. But that's what we do. That's the way I do. It's been a long year for Michael Ferris and Barbara Jameson. Michael was always going to have a more difficult journey, but it's the everyday things that are making life easier for him. It'll be fine now, thank you, yeah. I'm now not afraid (laughs) that people are calling and saying, coming to me then afterwards and saying, no answer from Michael, so I can't visit him, you know, whatever. So he hears it now. Very good friend of mine, Monica, she had a lovely cat, Herbie. And he meowed in the house one day. Now, apparently he used to do that when I was there, but it was the first time I actually heard a cat meow in, gosh, it had to have been a long time. I'm delighted I did it and I would encourage people if you have the opportunity do it don't be afraid being deaf isn't funny you know and you can enhance your the quality of life hugely I can hear a sound I could hear I could hear birds I can hear this and I can hear that. I can hear a sound. I can hear little babies cry again. <laughs>